in case you thought that was a short worship time, I accidentally came up too soon. <laughs> I thought Nathan was looking at me, and I'm like, okay. Um, don't worry. We're going to do communion we'll, at, a, at a quarter to ten. We'll go back to worship, so we'll still get all of that worship. But, yeah, that was bad. My bad. Oh, my. Could we stand together in honor of God's Word? If you have a Bible with you, Matthew chapter 18. We have been in a series on the sermons in Matthew. There are five sermons in Matthew. We are on the fourth sermon where Jesus talks about the community of the kingdom. And uh, today we are going to talk about unity. So here we go, Matthew 18. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask... It shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, there I am in their midst. Would you pray with me? Lord, send your fire to our hearts and our minds. Lord, show us how you feel about unified prayer. Release faith into our hearts that we might express it back to you and that earth would be changed because heaven comes down. Father, we give you this day, we give you our hearts, we give you this church. Let your kingdom come and your will be done, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right. The kingdom, the community of the kingdom, unity. Point one, the secret weapon. Some of us remember Popeye. Popeye, every episode of Popeye, Popeye was in trouble. It got dark. It got bad. There was no hope left except for anybody that had seen Popeye before because when it gets absolutely dark and difficult and impossible and Bluto is going to win the day, we all know that at some point that spinach is going to pop out and and he's going to, usually he sucks it up through his pipe if he has to, however he gets that spinach. Once he's got the spinach, it's a game changer. You you know the victory is assured. It's just a matter of how the victory comes. But once he gets the spinach, game over. It's going to happen. Aladdin's lamp. He gets stuck in this, trapped in this cave, and the sorcerer has deceived him, and he's locked in there, and it's all dark, and it's all, he's going to die in there, and there's no way that there... There's no way he can get out. Human, there's no human possibility. And then, by accident, he starts rubbing this lamp, and it turns out this lamp releases a genie, and the genie is a game changer. It, the genie can grant wishes that transcend human limitations, human ability. Everything changes when Aladdin rubs his lamp. The secret... Weapon. The secret weapon of the church is the Father's response to unified prayer. 
Prayer, prayer itself, unified prayer itself is not the weapon. But it accesses the weapon. The weapon is the father's extravagant response when his church gets past all their divisions and all their own agendas and all their stuff and comes together in agreement and in childlike faith, asks together, there is a response from heaven that changes this world. This is how God set it up. Let's just look at a few examples in the early church. Acts chapter 1. The Bible says that they were all joined together constantly in prayer. They were, uh, one translation says, united in prayer. They are united in prayer. There's 120 of them. There's the men, there's the women, there's the children. They are gathered together and they are devoted to God, but they're also united with one another in prayer. They are in that prayer meeting for 10 days. They are watching. They are waiting for God. They are, but we don't know what that prayer meeting look like exactly we can imagine it if you've ever been in a prayer meeting they're not that exciting you're in a prayer meeting and you're like really this this is god's people this is this is the great power weapon it's not that impressive but let me tell you what's impressive the father's response Acts chapter 2, suddenly, suddenly there was a mighty rushing wind. All of a sudden, the father could not hold back, and he starts pouring out his spirit. Tongues of fire come on every one that is gathered. The the word of God is spoken in boldness. Peter stands up, and 3,000 people are saved in one Meeting, that's a good meeting. The secret weapon, Acts chapter 4. You might say about Acts chapter 2, that was a one-time thing. That was the giving of the Holy Spirit. You know, we shouldn't expect it to be like that because that was the first time. Well, here's Acts 4 then. The persecuted church is gathered together for a prayer meeting. Here's Acts chapter 4, 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats. And enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, listen to the response of the Father. The place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. There was an abundance of grace poured out. There was this shaking. There was this emboldening. And then in Acts 5, we find signs and wonders and miracles are happening in response to the church's prayer meeting. And then it says that there's this fear of God that in Acts 5 that no one wants to meet with him, but many are getting saved day by day. There is a huge ingathering. Heaven, heaven's response to the church in united prayer 
changes earth. It changes the things that are on earth. My favorite example of the secret weapon is Acts chapter 16. Paul and his group have been sent to Macedonia by a, because of a vision. Come over here and help us. They get over there, they start preaching the gospel, and they get put in prison. Here we are, Acts 16. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. This is described as as an earthquake. This is not an earthquake, guys. Earthquakes destroy things. Earthquakes don't make chains fall off of prisoners and open up doors. Earthquakes destroy. This is heaven's response. Paul and Silas are together. It is midnight, and they are praying and singing. What are they? Are they praying that God send an earthquake so that all the doors will open and all the chains will? No, they're not praying that. It's very unlikely that they're praying anything like that. What are they praying? They're, 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 they're praying. They're asking God, God, you sent us here to evangelize. You helped us, sent us here to reach out. God, we, we are suffering right now for your name. It is our privilege to suffer for your name. This, this was the spirit of the early church. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. And then at some point, God just can't, he can't hold back anymore. And heaven comes down and shakes this prison so that every single door is opened. Every chain falls off. Why such an extravagant miracle? I mean, it did lead to, this miracle led to the jailer and his whole family getting saved. So that's one thing that happened. But I don't think it had to be this extravagant. Um... As far as everybody going free, no, they didn't go free. The, 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 the doors opened, the chains fell off, the jailer was going to kill himself, and Paul says, hey, we're, we're still all here. No one's left. We're all still here. So why did God open up everybody's door and make everybody's chains fall off? You know what I believe? For us. I believe he wanted us to know that when we come together in united prayer, when we get our eyes off of ourselves and off, off of our darkness and we come to him, that he is able to do above and beyond all we ask or could even possibly dare to think. He is extravagant. He, he wants to pour out his spirit. And only 120 prayed, but 3,000 had their chains fall off. And here Paul and Silas pray, and everybody, everybody around them goes free. Pastor Tom, what does that have to do with us? Everything. It was midnight. Midnight's a dark hour. It's the darkest hour. You know what the natural thing to do is at midnight? 
when it's really, really dark and everything's going wrong and everything's going the wrong way, you know what the natural thing to do? Complain? Blame? Why did we get here? What did we do wrong? Blame God, God, why did you allow this? Blaming and complaining are very natural things. Let me tell you another natural thing to do at midnight. Sleep. You get a little depressed. Things aren't going your way. I, I don't have any energy. We're just gonna we're just gonna sleep. Paul and Silas were stirred at midnight. They were stirred. And they were worshiping and they were praying and they came together asking the Father. And then there's this extravagant response that completely changes their situation. Do you know what time it is right now in America? Midnight. Has anybody noticed? We've got young kids that are so depressed they're cutting themselves. We've got people of all ages shooting themselves up. We've got others that are going into schools and shooting people. We're we're a depressed, angry nation. The idea that our government is going to solve it, 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 just read the paper, our government's in chaos. The, The division, the attacking, the accusations, the idea that there is some great thing our government is going to do to solve America's problems. I'm sorry. I mean, yesterday's article was about that there, we've got two that are in agreement that we need to have more armed officers in schools. Folks, at what point do we become a military state? America needs a revival. America needs something that only God can do. It's time for the church to recognize we've got something when we come together in united prayer. The Father's response can change us, can change this. There's no situation. There's a secret weapon for America. The enemy's been really good at keeping us from that unity. The church oftentimes is found complaining and blaming, just like the world, or sleeping, spiritually asleep. This is, I believe, the church's greatest hour. This is my burning conviction. For three years, Dave and Ted Gary led something called Gates of Glory. This was the vision. And it was, Brian Montre led worship, and, and we met at different churches. Once a month, we would meet at a different church, and it was, the idea was unified Prayer, you coming together, getting before God with no agenda of our own, and worshiping and then praying from that place of unity. Three years they labored with that, and we joined them because this is this is what excites me. The, the, the meetings themselves, not so exciting. They're they're all right. That's not what I'm excited about. I'm excited about the Father's response. 
And then Byron and Sandy Bishop led for uh, a couple of years something called The Well. Same thing. It was the church together meeting. At, they met at Victory Center, and I couldn't get there a lot, but I was cheering for them because they're coming together asking the Father in Jesus' name for something that we can't do. We are... We're, we're, right now, we're in a season, we're doing three meetings. We did one on Mother's Day night called, called Worshiping and Waiting. We're doing, the next one is, is June 24th. Um, and it is a response the staff has had to God is speaking. It is time. He wants to pour out his presence more. What does that look like? We don't know, but we, we don't want to be telling God what to do. We want to get in a place where God can tell us what he wants to do. Most important meeting of every week here is our prayer meeting on Tuesday night. Years ago, 2009 actually, we were still at Man City Church. I had a, a woman intercessor leading our, our prayer meeting. And uh, she came back and, to the staff and just said, I'm, I'm being crushed by this prayer. I don't know what's going on, but something isn't right because I, I'm, I'm just being crushed by this prayer meeting. And so I'm praying for one morning. It was very early in the morning. I'm pacing back and forth, living in an apartment at the, that time, praying for her. And the Lord gives me a vision of a ship with a little rudder. And he said just one line, lead the church from the prayer meeting. A number of things I knew at, all at once. I don't know how it works, but that, I just knew it. That first, I was trying to lead the church from Sunday morning. And if you try to lead the church from Sunday morning, you're going to end up leading it politically. He said, lead, lead the church from the prayer meeting. And from, from that week on, I said, okay, I will take... I, and I told the Lord, I'm not an intercessor. That's not my big thing. I had somebody in that was their gifting. And, but he said, no, no, I want you to lead, even though you're not good at it, even though you don't know how to do it, I want you to lead the church from the prayer meeting. The prayer meeting is like that rudder. It is hidden. It is small. It is unimpressive but it is powerful. It is what will direct the whole ship. God wants to direct his church. God wants to lead his church. And so don't, if we have a burning prayer meeting, I've got all kinds of faith for Sunday morning, for our ministries, for our groups, our, our feeding program, feeding the poor, missions. I've got faith for everything if we're praying. But guys, all of our activity without God's presence filling it up is not going to mean much. In prayer at the beginning of the year, we felt like the Lord said he wanted to break out more in healing this year. And so on April 22nd, we did um, ministry in the kingdom healing. And if you were in that service at the end, we, we had people that were sick or afflicted or in pain stand up, and um, we, we had each other, we prayed for each other, and we, we got around these people and prayed, but it was funny because the prayers were very, very short. 
we, uh, because I, w- one of the points that I had made is, is prayer doesn't heal people. Jesus heals people. Faith does not heal people. We don't believe in faith healing here. We believe in divine healing. Faith is only a window that opens up and lets Jesus do what he wants to do. And so we prayed, but we, we prayed very short. If you were here that day, the, the prayer, I wouldn't, we, we're not going to pray past the answer. We're not going to trust our prayer. We're going to trust Jesus. And so we prayed a very short prayer, maybe 10 seconds. Lord, uh, take away the pain. We release your healing mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. And that morning, I asked people to raise their hands that were 80 to 100% healed. In the first service, we had 29. The second service, we had 31. And at night, we had seven. We had 67 healings, 80 to 100%, right in the service that day. I wanted to read this one to you. This is somebody that did not raise their hand to say that they were healed that day. But let me, let me just read it to you. I, I got per- her permission. Um, I'm not going to share her name, but she gave me permission to share this. Prior to April 22nd, I had suffered from the pain, fatigue, and more from fibromyalgia for nearly 11 and a half years. It stemmed from a major surgery that I had at the end of 2006, and it just progressed to the point where I had to give up my job a little over a year ago now. I went into the healing prayer more than skeptical. In my 20s, I was very, very far from church and God, to the point at one time I called myself agnostic. I found my way back to church starting in 2001 and started calling myself a Christian again around 2003. Even though I was baptized in high school, I had gotten so far from God that I felt called to be baptized again in 2010. Having said that, a mustard seed worth of faith that a healing prayer would work since they haven't in the past is all I had when I raised my hand that day. But I also was so very desperate. So I took a leap of faith. It took an uncomfortably long time, but then someone asked if he could pray for me. I explained the all-over pain that I had been experiencing for so long, and then he went through the prayer. I'd gone into the service not feeling so great, and after the prayer, I thought I may have felt a little better, but not 50% or anything close. Any improvement I may have felt, I actually chalked up to the power of suggestion. As the day went on, though, I couldn't deny that my pain was less. Completely, unbelievably, by the next day, I was pain-free. I hadn't had a pain-free day in probably six years. For the past four weeks, I have felt my age of 45 and not like I'm in my 80s. I have normal aches and pains that I welcome. I just wanted to feel normal again, not superhuman. I haven't just changed physically, though. My depression has lifted. I'm joyful most of the time. I think grumpy became a little bit of, my, of a default for my disposition because of the pain and had become a habit. But I don't usually stay there very long anymore. It only takes a quick remembrance of how my life has changed, and I snap right out of it. I'm having a quiet time and reading my Bible. Not every day, but much more than I had ever before. And my mustard seed, it's grown into a life-sized entity. I believe with my entire being that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died to redeem me of my sins so that I may be reunited with the Father one day. 
I have no doubt, no fear. My heart overflows with love and gratitude for my healing. I have no greater desire in my heart than to follow God's will for my life and to serve him and his children. I also finally feel that I have a relationship with Jesus. I've been seeking it for so long, and now at times it's, it's overwhelming, but so lovely. of chains falling off and doors opening? Do you see that God can come into a service and in just a moment heal people and do things all over this place? And somebody always wants to know, well, why didn't he heal me or why didn't he do everything? I don't know. A better question is, why did he do something? Not why did he not do everything. Why? He is an extravagant merciful and sovereign God. I have no desire to tell him exactly what to do. I just want him to do everything he wants to do. Becoming one. If two or three agree, what does it mean to agree? First, that we are gathered in his name. If two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in their midst. What does that mean? There's a very powerful verse about unity in the Old Testament. It's found in Genesis 11. Here's what it says. It says, um, they are of one purpose and of one language. Therefore, nothing will be impossible for them. I mean, that's a powerful unity passage, isn't it? They've got one purpose and one language, and therefore, nothing will be impossible for them. Powerful unity passage. Except that scripture is about the Tower of Babel. (laughs) They only had one problem. They were gathered together to make a name for themselves. And so God actually came down and broke and scattered them and divided them because they were trying to make a name for themselves. To be gathered together in Jesus' name is when we are no longer scrapping and manipulating for our own name and using God for our own name and our own purpose. To gather in Jesus' name is to gather for his purpose, for his promotion, for his glory, to be gathered together in Jesus' name where we are one. It's when the church together is saying, Jesus, we want you to be glorified. We want your name to be glorified. Our kingdom, our name is second. Our needs are second. You are first. Something amazing happens when we come together in worship, if we really worship. (laughs) So it's funny because when we think of worship in America, we think of the song service. (laughs) Do you know what came into the Jewish mind when they heard worship? 
death. If we're going to worship the holy God, something's going to die. That, that's how they came. They brought their, their lamb to be slain because God was so holy that you, you, you had to come into his presence. Look at he, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. In view of God's mercy, Romans 1 through 11 is all about the sacrifice of Jesus and all of God's plan to redeem us through the blood of Christ and what God did in Christ for us. This is God's mercy to the human race. Now, now we have our response to it. Our response is that we become a living sacrifice. We, be, we become the living dead. We come and in worship, when, when we give our, our songs and we give our money, that is not instead of giving ourselves. That is how we express that we are giving ourselves in a tangible way. This alabaster jar, it's all I have of worth. I pour it at your feet, Lord. It's less than you deserve. God, you deserve all my money. I'm just giving you a portion of it to acknowledge it. You deserve all my breath, all of my song. I'm just giving you this little song. It's less than you deserve. It is only a token. But what I'm really giving you in worship is myself. I am giving you my life for your name to be honored. I am willing not only to die for you, but to die alive to you in your resurrection life. This is worship. This is where that burning comes, where Jesus is the first thing, and our being a witness for him is the first thing in our lives. And where two or three are gathered, it doesn't take a lot, when two or three are gathered in his name for his glory, sharing the same language, nothing will be impossible for them. The Father brings us together. And here's the cool thing. I, this is, I just love this. What happened is they would bring their sacrifices and then God would send fire. We, we just bring our best, don't we? We don't bring it perfectly. We're, we get here, we're tired, we're troubled, we've got this, we've got that, and we're singing. Are we really singing good enough? Are we giving good enough? Are we, we're, we're giving God something. And then God, in his pleasure, sends fire to purify it. And the fire of God is what makes us one. Tongues of fire came from heaven and rested on each head. What does that do? It burns away our own agenda, our own problem, our own thing, and helps us be together. Well, that's why we start, we start prayer meeting with a half hour of worship. Why? You don't need a lot of prayer. You just need to get united. You need to get off your own agenda. You've got to have everything burned away where it's just you and you. And then, now, whoa, you pray from that place of authority, the world changes. Heaven is brought into this earth. God is looking for somebody to agree with him. Becoming one, gathering together in his name. Secondly, we agree together on what God is saying. If two or you agree about anything, doesn't that sound simple? Oh, we just agree together. You can just agree on anything and ask the Father and it'll be done. Well, you've got to find out what agree means. 
Agree does not mean give mental assent together. Agree means agree. It means agree, not in your mind, but in your heart. It means be in agreement about God's desire, God's power, God's... It means this agreeing that is supernatural. To come into that kind of agreement, you have to hear God's voice together. Here's how Jesus said he was going to run his church, okay? Remember, remember from last week, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'm going to build my own church. The strategies of hell are not going to be able to overcome it. So he gives the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 16, or I'm sorry, John 16, verse 13. And, and he says this, the Spirit, when he comes, he's not going to speak about himself. He's not going to speak on his own initiative. But whatever he hears, he is going to speak to you. So Jesus is the owner of the church, and the Holy Spirit is the manager of the church. The owner is going to tell the manager what he wants done, and then the Holy Spirit among us is going to speak. He's going to speak to our hearts. He is Jesus' representative. This thing all starts when we... First, we surrender in worship. We become living sacrifices. And then we position ourselves so that the Holy Spirit can speak. And when he speaks into our hearts, as we're gathered in Jesus' name, what happens is we look at each other and we're in agreement. And then together, we ask the Father for what the Holy Spirit has. Pastor Tom, why does God have to do all this stuff? He wants to do stuff. Why doesn't he just do it? Guys, this is how he set it up. He wants human agreement. He wants voluntary lovers, somebody that he's given authority on earth to agree with heaven, to pray what heaven wants back to them. Heaven tells us what heaven wants, then we pray it back to them in agreement. Well, that seems like a very long process. Yeah, well, for him, it's about fellowship. (laughs) It's about him being with us. It's about us doing it together we hear we agree and then we ask the father and heaven comes down and changes this earth we become one by gathering in Jesus name by agreeing on what God is saying and then experiencing the love of the father look at this Jesus' prayer for our unity in in John 17. The whole thing is an amazing prayer, but here's how he ends it. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you. And they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them, and that I myself may be in them. Father, I am making you known to them. I'm continuing to make you known. I am revealing you so that your love for me will be in them. That we will love Jesus the way the Father loves Jesus. That he is going to pour divine love into his people. This is the plan. You're going to ask the Father together. This is is the plan that we know God is Father. 
1 John 3, 1. Behold such love. Behold such love that the Father has lavished on us, extravagantly poured out on us, that we would be called the children of God. And such we are. That we are coming with confidence as very children. And the Father is pouring his love into us. And then we start expressing that love to one another and in unity. This is the place where we become one. So I grew up, I grew up Catholic. And so the first, the first song that I remembered singing about this, uh, let's get the words up there so I'm not singing alone. Does anybody remember this one? We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. And we pray that our unity will one day restore. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. And then I got saved. And I'm not saying Catholics can't be saved. I just wasn't. I was in the Catholic Church. I was. Then I got saved. So I got into Protestant churches. And of course, the old, the old hymn. Please help me with this one. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with love. I learned that right away. But then I came into a whole new realm of music. Contemporary Christian music. The Imperials. Now... Unfortunately, they're not contemporary anymore. <laughs> but I, I remember I loved the Imperials. I would listen to them all the time. And they had a little song. Please help me with this because this is not as familiar. You're my brother. You're my sister. So take me by the hand. Together we will work until he comes. There's no foe that can defeat us when we're walking side by side. As long as there is love, we will stand. Okay. Now everybody knows it. Can we all sing this together? You're my brother. You're my sister. So take me by the hand. Together we will work until he comes. There's no foe that can defeat us when we're walking side by side. As long as there is love, we will stand. We're going to do another one at communion, but... I think you get the point. The secret weapon, the Father's response to agreeing prayer, 
how to become one, to gather in Jesus' name, let go of our own name, our own agenda, our own, hear him together. And then let the Father's love unite us. And that brings us to this idea of a crafted prayer. Crafted prayer is something that we, we listened to a, a CD. Graham Cook actually did the, the CD on this and talked about it, and our elders got a hold of it on, early on. And all, all it means, it's just a fancy name to say this. Instead of making up your own prayer from your own need and your own desire, start by listening and then make a prayer based on what God wants to do. Let God tell you what he wants to do. Make a prayer around it. Instead of just praying for your kids, listen. God, what do you want to do with my kids? Listen for what he might say, and then make a prayer around that. Instead of just praying, God, I feel in pain and take it away. God, speak to me. What are you doing in this pain? Do you want to heal it? Are you teaching me something? Lead me in this. Are you bringing me to a greater place? What are you doing, God? And then craft a prayer based on what you heard God say. And so in 2011, our elders got together and listened. And this went on for uh, weeks. We listened individually, then we listened together, then we came together and we th- what, what God might be saying, and we, we honed it, and, we, we, and we, made, we made a crafted prayer to pray back to him. And it was in the prayer room, and we prayed it on Sunday mornings before, and we prayed it at the prayer meeting before, but... I don't, want, I don't want you to get into this being like a religious prayer, and if, if we say this enough times, it, no, no, there's, we got to just, Jesus said, you're not going to be heard because of many words. But when you're one, and you ask the Father, it touches his heart. And sometimes you do have to persevere with a prayer. They waited for 10 days. They, they got in his presence and they, they, they let that prayer mold them and they prayed it out and, and there was a divine response. And when that prayer has started from heaven, you push with it. You keep pushing with it until the fullness of it comes forth. And sometimes the church is good at starting a prayer when, it, when we're real excited. Yes! Let's pray it! But we're not so good at pressing in. We're not so good at persevering. We're not so good at... Jesus said, listen, the, about, about the widow with the unjust judge. The widow comes to the unjust judge, and, and he won't listen to her. He won't listen to her. But because she keeps coming, he's like, I'm being worn down by this widow. Give her whatever she... I'll give her justice. And, and you, you read that. This is Luke 18. And you think, is God like that? No, God's exactly the opposite. He says... How much more if an unjust judge is willing to give justice to this widow because she simply won't stop coming? How much more will the father? He's not an unjust judge. He's your father. And you're not a widow. You're the bride of Christ. How much more will God give justice to his children who cry out to him day and night? It doesn't mean we don't still persevere. It means we persevere in faith. We grab a hold of something and we use it to, to push in. And God, God has something great for this region. He has something great for America.
but he needs somebody to agree with him. For real, agree with him. Somebody needs to grab a hold of his heart and take this and push with it. It doesn't matter that Popeye has spinach if he doesn't eat it. It doesn't matter if he has a talk on spinach. And everybody agrees that spinach would be very helpful to eat right now. That's not going to help. You actually have to eat the spinach. It doesn't matter that Aladdin's got that lamp. He's going to die in that cave unless he uses it. It is time, folks. It is time for the church to rise up. It's time for the church to come into agreement to get past our divisions and all of our quarreling, and, and it's time to come together in Jesus' name for his glory and pray back to God that which he wants to do. All right, so could we stand together? We're going to have communion here in just a minute, but before we do, I want us to pray the crafted prayer together. Now, we're going to pray it together this morning. But if you want to wage war with this, um, it's, it, you can find it on the website. We also have a hard copy of it at all the giving tables. You just stop by the giving table, you can have your own copy, hard copy of the Crafted Prayer. There's a longer version than this one. This is the shorter version. But uh, Lord, I just pray that as we pray this prayer, Lord, that your, that your fire would rest on us, God. Lord, we're just, we're just people. We're just people, normal people. I guess that's all you have. It's just normal people. Father, would you touch our hearts? Holy Spirit, would you send your fire to make us one? Would you hear our cry, we pray? All right, write out loud together, guys. Here we go. Heavenly Father, you alone are God. Your goodness astounds us, your grace amazes us, and your unfailing love abounds. You take delight in everything you create, and we know that you are faithful to complete the work you have begun in City Church. In light of this, we humble ourselves before you, and we thank you for all that you are and all that you have done for us. We give you everything, Father, and we simply ask for more of you. Lord, in your mercy, keep us from relying on our own wisdom, our religious traditions, or past experiences. But instead, we ask you to have the freedom to do in our midst what you desire. Make us a merciful and generous people who walk in your redemptive ways. As we find joy in Jesus Christ, may we share it with others. Out of the fullness of who you are, we ask you to pour out your Holy Spirit and move in power in our midst so that your works spill over to all those you draw near. Save the lost. Heal the sick, bind up the brokenhearted, and deliver the oppressed in our midst so that every eye would be on Jesus. Please give us wisdom and understanding to be a faithful beacon of your light and a conductor of your presence in the Madison region. 
Lord, just as you have made us one body, use City Church as a catalyst to bring the unity you desire. Equip us with your power, wisdom, and courage to fulfill all you have for us individually and corporately in this region and to the farthest parts of the world. Heavenly Father, let your kingdom come and your will be done in City Church, in this region, and beyond. We humbly ask in Jesus' name. Hallelujah! Can we do a commanded blessing? Then we'll do communion. for the 
a moment we're going to have communion together but before we do that would you mind just closing your eyes for a moment there is anointing oil that is the Holy Spirit's presence flowing in this place right now and I feel like uh, I I felt like the Lord wanted to highlight something (laughs) you'll see why I want everybody's eyes closed in just a moment but your default has been grumpy Maybe it's because of physical pain. Maybe it's because unanswered prayer. Maybe, but you've just been really grumpy. And it's just kind of, it's, it's, it's midnight, but you're not praying and worshiping. You're complaining and blaming and sleeping. And today there's anointing while Jesus wants to open up doors and set prisoners free. If that is you, would you just put your hand on your heart right now? Lord, we just want to say that we are so sorry. We're so sorry for allowing our default to be grumpy. God, we don't want to complain. We don't want to blame. We don't want to be asleep spiritually. Jesus, would you come right now in your anointing? Would you come right now and break off chains? Would you open doors? Lord, even as this precious woman had her fibromyalgia healed. God, would you heal even right now, God? Pain, go in Jesus' name. Let healing flow into every part of your body right now. And Lord, for some, it's just been a cloud of depression. Break every demonic thing over our lives right now, God, in Jesus' name. Exert your authority, Son of God, in this place right now. And then, Lord, don't just break that default of grumpiness, but loose over us a song. You have surrounded us with songs of deliverance. Let a new song, let a new prayer, let a new faith rise up in our hearts, I pray, God. And then while we have our heads bowed, and our eyes closed. Maybe you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, but today chains fell off, blinders fell off of your eyes, and you want to give your life to Christ. You're tired of your own name and your own kingdom, and you, you want to repent. The Bible says Jesus stands at the door knocking. All you need to do is open and say, come on in, Lord. Come on in. I receive your gift. He loves you. He, he died for you. He wants you to be part of what he's doing, not just in time, but for all eternity. It's called the gift of eternal life. So if that's you, just pray something like this in your heart. Lord, I'm opening my door right now. Thank you for letting me see. I'm opening my door. Come in and save me and make my life about your name and your glory and not just about my name and my, my little thing. Wash me. By your great love, I receive now your gift of eternal life.
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to have our ushers come, and uh, we're going to have communion together. We have an open communion at this church, which, yeah, you guys can come on. We have an open communion, which simply means you don't have to be a member of this church to have communion with us. What we do ask is that you have faith in Jesus, that you call Jesus your Savior and Lord, even if you just called him that by just this prayer. And we ask that you hold on to the emblems. We're going to worship together, and then we will uh, receive together when everybody's been served. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread. He said, this is my body which will be given for you. Could we pray together? Lord, you knew what was coming. It was why you came. That you would give your body in death that you would experience, it says in Hebrews, that you tasted death for each one of us. But we're so grateful. We're so grateful that you gave yourself for us. Jesus said, take and eat. Let's eat together. the supper was ended, he took the cup. He said, this is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. Lord, you, you made a new covenant, a new agreement with the Father for the human race, and the agreement was this, that you would pour out your blood so that we could be forgiven. That we would be washed, not just outwardly, not just covered over, but that you would, we drink this, it would cleanse our guilt, it would take away the punishment, it would free us from sin consciousness to make us son conscious. Jesus, we're so grateful for that blood that was poured out We give you all of our sins, and we thank you that it's your purpose to cleanse us and make us as white as snow. Jesus said, take and drink. Could we stand together? I've asked Earl Reiner to come and I just feel like this is this is the heart of what I believe City Church has been raised up for, this message about unity and revival. And I just felt like Earl is a leader in this church, that it would be nice to have him pray to close us today. Father, let us be one. One with one another, one with you because of the precious precious blood of Jesus, your son that you gave to die for us. 
and by receiving him as our Savior and Lord, we can come into this holy of holy places, into your very presence, and present our petitions. We ask that the peace of God that passes all understanding of our mind fall upon every person, that we would be filled with the love of God, and that we love for one another, both those who are believers and showing this love to those who are not believers, that we would walk in your spirit and come to present this gospel and show the unity that you desire. Blessings on every person here. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to have ministry teams up. It's early, so if you want to hang out and sing a song or two, we're going to have continued worship. God bless you and have a great week.